love it. And what a great time, huh? Um, I have the privilege this morning of continuing in the series we've been in, Better Together. And I, I definitely want to do that. Um, but I also want to be sensitive to what the Spirit is, what I believe the Spirit is saying in regards to what he showed me coming into this time. Community is an, an, an amazing thing. It's, it's costly. It's difficult. It's challenging at times. It pushes us out of our comfort zones. It, I mean, there's all of these things that we can list about, about community. It's difficult at times. It's beautiful at times. It's wonderful. But with everything, it's so needed. For, for us as believers, we can't even... Re- we can't even achieve our full potential unless we're in community with one another. If you think of community, God is a God of community, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He sends his spirit. When the disciples went out, they were sent, and there was a community that formed. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves. All speaks of community. And we were designed and created to be with one another for the purposes and plans of God. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I've thought, you know, maybe living on the top of a mountain might be kind of a cool thing to do. Anybody ever been there with me? It's just one problem. God put in me a desire. I love people. And me, myself, and I is not enough people for me to hang out with. Yeah, it's a dangerous place to be, right? Me, myself, and I. But God created us to need one another, and there's something that you have that you have to give, and there's something that other people have that you need. And so we're in this place where we have to come to the realization that we are better together. We can accomplish more. We can achieve more. We can do the things, and we can reach the full potential that God had in store for us when we're together. It just means that sometimes it's going to get a little messy, and we got to be okay with that. You know, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about, and, and I'm going to pick this up in Matthew 26. Who's ever doing notes? I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. But in Matthew 26, starting in verse 57, about Peter, it says this. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. Verse 58. But Peter followed him at a distance. Right up to the courtyard of the high priest, he entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. Interesting thing happens. First of all, let me just say, I know all the other disciples bailed. I know everyone else ran, and Peter, at least he followed. It may have been at a distance, but he followed, but it was at a distance. And and this passage was about three or four weeks ago. We were in a family devotion time, and this was brought out, and it You ever have one of those moments where it just jumps off the page and it just keeps waving at you no matter what you do? This was one of those. And so I was like, okay, Lord, what is it about this passage? And I kept reading, he followed at a distance. He followed at a distance. Distance is kind of a weird thing. And it's an enemy, if you will, of community. The definition of distance is this. This is wild. To avoid becoming familiar or involved. To remain cold or aloof. That's what distance is. And so I'm watching and I think on one side of me, I go, well, at least he didn't bail like all the others. But there was something about Peter following from a distance that just jumped out at me. 
When we stay at a distance, the enemy takes advantage of that. See, distance brings, and we read this, we'll read this in a second with Peter, it brings an opportunity for accusation. There's guilt and shame and even believing lies. And we see this from what happens with Peter. Because as he's following at a distance, let me pick it up. In verse, we're going to jump down a little bit, 69. It says, now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You were also with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before all of them. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him. So he's in this situation. He goes, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. And he leaves. Then he goes out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. Hey, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the guy. Verse 73, after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crows. Peter remembered the words of Je- that Jesus had spoken before the rooster crow, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Distance. See, I think for Peter being at a distance, the enemy was able to bring accusation. He was able to heap guilt and shame. Maybe he started thinking, oh my gosh, is this what Jesus was talking about? He said, the rooster, I've already denied him once. What do I need to, and he's trying to think, and he's got nobody else but him, himself, me, myself, and I. That's all he's got, right? That's all he's got, and he's at a distance. And then someone goes, nah, your accent gives you away, and he, I think he just loses his mind, and he curses, and he's like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I'm not, and he proves to them, I'm distant from this guy. I don't even know the guy. And the rooster crows. And he comes back to his senses for a moment. And he weeps bitterly. Distance is a scary thing. Distance is what the enemy wants to do to pull us into the background where he can snipe us off. He can accuse us. He can fill us with guilt and shame. And he can try to get us to believe lies. But that's not what God intended us to experience. That's not the life that Jesus died on the cross. This isn't in my notes, but let me read to you Hebrews 10, verse 19 19 through 25. Because community is, we're to be in community with Jesus. But I love this passage because it talks about the community we have with Jesus. But then it slips right into the community that we get to have with one another. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Pause for a minute. You have confidence to enter into the throne room. You have confidence to enter the most holy place. Not just kind of close, not just super distant, not just a few feet out. No, the most holy place. We have confidence to go there. Why? Because of what we've done? No, he says it right next, by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen? You have confidence because of the blood of Jesus that you could go into the most holy place, face to face, right up there close. You don't have to be distant. Jesus made a way so that you could be super close to the Father. 
super close to him, no distance, no gap, nothing between. And I, I can do the same thing, yeah, yeah, but you don't know what I did. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I, I was standing out. I said, yeah, I don't know the guy. I, whatever you can conjure up. Jesus pre-told Peter before, hey, I know you're being zealous and you're like, oh, if everyone leaves, not me. He goes, but you're gonna do it three times, not just once. Be bad enough if he said, hey, you're gonna do it once. No, three times you're gonna do it. And then a rooster's gonna crow. He told Peter in advance. And then it happens. But Peter has confidence to enter the most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. None of that matters. And you and I, that same confidence is with us because of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Verse 20, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let's, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Draw near to him. No gap, no distance. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And here's the shift. Now it goes into, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Better together with Jesus, better together with one another. In the same scripture talking about the closeness and that we can draw near and have full confidence because of what Jesus did on the cross, he encourages us, consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds and not give up meeting together. Guys, you, you may like me, and you may not, but we're together, and we're in this community together, and we're supposed to be. That's what community is. You know, when I think back of some of the friends I have and, and the places where I go, that was rich community. Do you wanna know why? Because we fought together. We prayed together. We had our backs together, swords in our hand, hacking down giants, and we looked at each other, painted our faces blue, and yelled freedom. <laughs> right? We visited each other in the hospital. We laid hands on our kids. We saw them get healed. We cried together. We laughed together. We wept together. Welcome to community. Something that Tyler said last week that's so important, they devoted themselves. Community isn't gonna come up and tackle you and make you be a part of it. You gotta go get it. You gotta make it happen. And it's not always easy. But they devoted themselves. You have to be the one to say, I'm gonna make community. I'm gonna invite people over. I'm gonna open the door. I'm gonna do what's necessary because I don't wanna miss out on what God intended us for us to experience. I'm not gonna stand at a distance. Don't get caught at a distance. It's lonely. It's difficult. It's frustrating. You're left with me, myself, and I. You know, an interesting thing happened. Um, back in November, my wife was in an automobile accident. She was driving on uh, Peachtree Industrial Boulevard and a guy lost control of his car on the other side of the road. And at 50 miles an hour, they were about a foot from being head on. So he hit her, drove her off the road into the, 
the side road and praise God, my wife was fine. It could have been a very, I could be preaching differently right now. I'm just gonna be honest. I wasn't home at the time she called me and she said, hey, I just got an accident. I said, are you okay? She goes, I am, but the car's not. I go, I don't care about the car. Who was with you? It was just me. Car's totaled. Long story short, so the person driving, the insurance said, no, it really wasn't his fault. The place where he was that allowed him to drive the car said, yeah, it's not really our fault. So nobody wants to take responsibility. And all I'm saying is, all I know is my wife was on the right side of the road, minding her own business, driving when all of this took place. So our car, which is totaled, was racking up all of this money being in a tow place. And everyone's going, I'm not paying for it. You paying for it? I'm not paying. And the tow place is going, well, your name's on the, on the title, so you're going to pay for it. And I go, well, I'm going to come get the car. So we get the car towed to my house, and we put it in our driveway ugly sideways. I looked at it and I thought, I am so glad that my wife was okay. So remember I said this happened in November. We're in February. So about a month ago, I I get a letter from our HOA. (laughs) Why is everyone acting like that? (laughs) Yeah, and the HOA of my community. <laughs> and they say, hey, there's this ugly, broken down car in the driveway. And our rules say you can't have that there. Now, oh, this is bad, but I'm just going to go there. Could you imagine if I said, well, as soon as I bury my wife, I'll go ahead and move it? Yeah, it's not, that's not funny, huh? That's like, whoa, why, why could they send a letter? That months, it's not like we wanted it to be there. It's not, I'd gladly have it taken care of and someone give us a rental car so that we don't have to pay for it. And, but everyone's going, not my fault, not my fault, not my fault. Why, why did they send that? Because there's no community. So they send a second letter. Hey, neighbors are complaining. Why are neighbors complaining? Because they, they just see this junked car. I could be going, I bet you I could fix it. I got some tools and a hammer and some pliers. I'm pretty sure I, I can go buy enough Bondo for that. Do they even do Bondo anymore? Okay. Tells you how long it's been since I worked. I could go through, but, but why? I, I guarantee if one of my neighbors came over and said, hey, what happened to the car? And we began to speak and I shared with them what was going on. Guess what? They wouldn't complain because we're in community. But when there's no community, you're left to go, that's ugly. That needs to move. We don't consider. That's what distance does. I have this other thing. I call it the ambulance effect. When an ambulance pulls into your neighborhood and you hear, woo, woo, and you hear it coming down the street and you look, and it's way down the street at someone's house you don't know, you might say, I hope everyone's okay. And then back to whatever you're doing. But maybe it drives down a little closer and so it actually hits a house of a neighbor that you know. And you go, hey, what's, do you know what's going on at the Borsix? There's, there's an ambulance that just pulled out outside. They go, no, I don't. Well, hey, maybe we should pray. If it's a neighbor you know really well, 
You see the ambulance, you put your shoes on and you walk over there. If it's somebody you know really well, you were there when they called the ambulance. It's the ambulance effect. Distance allows you not to get involved, not to be familiar, not to be close. One last story, I had this interesting thing happen. I was here for day camp last year and my wife came running across the auditorium in a little frantic sprint. She grabbed me by the arm, she said, you have to go home, the house is on fire. That's a little scary. I said, what? She goes, the house is on fire and she's dragging me across the auditorium. I don't know why I just didn't go. It's not like my wife does that all the time. House on fire, watch, hee hee. No, she's like, the house is on fire. I go, where's my dad? She goes, I don't know. Where's the dog? I don't know. Guess what? Boom, I'm out the door. I get to the, as I'm pulling into the area, sure enough, there's a fire truck. I see smoke. I'm like, oh my gosh. Michelle's making calls. She goes, no, our neighbor's got my dad out of the house. The dog's fine. And as I pull in, and I know everyone's fine, that, that's all that matters. So I get out. Turns out that the, br the brush behind our house had caught on fire. So nothing happened to our house. But my neighbor ran over, and he was frantically doing things on the phone and taking pictures, and, but nothing to do with who was safe in the house. But because he was so, I went, hey, did you call and see this? He's like, no. And I go, oh, did you help my dad get out? He's like, no. Why are you here? Because <laughs> he has community with the owner of the house I'm renting. So he, he's caring for the guy's house. Nothing wrong with that. That's because they're in relationship. They're in community. The distance, because I don't know him. We haven't talked. I don't, he's just worried about his buddy's house. I'm not trying to be mean or sound offensive. Distance has a way of pulling us out of the scenario situation, but Jesus paid a price so that you wouldn't be distant with him and we wouldn't be distant with one another. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We need each other. To get to the places that God has for us, we need each other. So I'm gonna land this thing. Buckle your seatbelt. I want to give you three reasons why real community is really important. Is that fair? Yeah. Three reasons, three quick reasons. Number one is that's where we get lens adjustments. See, if we're in community, what we see, people around you can go, that's not what's happening. There are times when I know that in my life I've gone, oh, this is it. It's over. Life is over. This is, this is final. I'm not getting out of this one. This is too difficult. I don't think God's for me anymore. He left me. There, there he goes right there. You can catch him if you hurry. Anybody ever been in that situation? Ever been in a situation? So whatever you're facing, maybe you're in one now. The circumstance is so difficult you can't see past it. And you wish you could because you know something's over there. That's what community does. When I, when I met Greg, the very first time I met Greg, I was in a horrible place, difficulty. We were stepping away from an organization that had gone cuckoo. I didn't know what to do. People were leaving our church left and right because some were mad, some were not mad, some were like, well, everyone else is going, so we're going. It was, it was just mayhem. And I called Greg and I was like, I don't know what to do. This is the first time I met Greg. I listened to a CD of the Attendance of the Bride. Anybody heard that? Little plug, if you haven't, 
We need to. I listened to it and I was wrecked. And I thought, I, I gotta talk to this guy. And so long story short, we talked and we, two weeks later I flew out and people were like, Do you, have you met him? And I go, no, where are you staying? At his house. And I think Michelle was like, great, have you met him? No, where's he staying? At our house. <laughs> Well, it's easy now to look back on that because here I am and the Lord is orchestrating something all along. But I remember the conversations we had when I was looking for guidance and difficult and the, the two things that always rang out, Greg always pointed me back to scripture. What does the Bible say? What is the Lord saying? It always went back to there. And there were times because it got ugly there that I wanted to take vengeance on a particular person and say things and stand up and, and correct it. And I remember the Lord was telling me, hey, look, you can choose or I can choose. You, you pick which way you want to go, Tom. And I remember calling Greg and I go, I don't know what to do about this. This is what's happening. They're saying all these things about me, blah, 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 blah. And Greg says, you know what I typically do in, in those situations? I just let the, Lord, I let the Lord handle it. It wasn't really what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear his sword go, shing, I'm on my way. You know, that's what I wanted. But community helps you adjust the lens because I would have hacked some people just being honest first thing we need the lens lens adjustment oh my gosh I've got too much to cover number two we're just moving on attitude adjustments I could just move on right now we all know we need <laughs> seriously how we respond to the circumstances in the situation. Sometimes you need an attitude adjustment. How do you know I'm telling the truth? In Luke 9, I'm not going to read the whole thing. They, Jesus is getting ready. He stops at a Sumerian town. Um, John, James and John, verse 54. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? Verse 55, Jesus said, yeah, let's do that. No, verse 55, but Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he, his disciples, went to another village. It was probably good they went to a different place. See, when we're in a place where our attitudes are off, it's community that's going to help adjust you. It's going to be Jesus, right? But it's going to be the people around me that are going to either encourage me to do things I shouldn't or come alongside me and go, whoa, 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 hey, settle down. That's what community does. We might not like it. I have to have my lens adjusted. I wear glasses, so I can't read. I can see great. We build churches to try. I can see, look at something up close. Yeah, it's gonna be a trouble. It's gonna be a serious problem. I can't see. If I don't get my glasses adjusted, it gets worse and worse, and then I'm doing this thing again. And people are going, why are you doing that with glasses? That's a good question. We need lens adjusted, and I need my attitude adjusted. And I can't be the only one here. Whoever once in a while needs your attitude adjusted? Especially in circumstance. Someone does something to you, and you know, you know what? You need a punch in the mouth. And they probably do. But Jesus doesn't punch me in the mouth every time I need a punch in the mouth, right? Seriously, I need an attitude adjustment. If I'm out of community, I just start swinging. You guys are going to be like, Tom's violent, man. Let's not get, you know, swords and punching and... We need lens adjustments, and I made it plural, because not just one. Yeah. And we need attitude adjustments. Because life is life, and it does get frustrating. And I've really wanted to get this car thing settled from the day it happened, and here we are in February, and still, it's not settled. 
I had to come to a place where I went, you know what, I'm either gonna get mad and let this bother me and freak me out, or I'm just gonna go, Lord, you take care of this. There's stuff I've got, I gotta get on with what we're doing. Attitude adjustments. Look, I think if someone would have been with Peter when he was getting mad and freaking out the third time, it's just Tom theory, could have been taken care of. Wouldn't have happened. Because someone had gone, Peter, hey, dude, you need to settle down, man. That's Jesus we're talking about. Don't you remember? And he starts telling you all the things, which leads us to number three, truth adjustment. We need a truth adjustments, what we believe. Because truth sets us free. And truth reminds us of what really is. There's a passage, this is so cool. I didn't think I was gonna have time for this, but I gotta read this and then we'll, we'll close. Second Peter chapter one, verse three. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who's called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them he may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, mutual affection to love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measures, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jump down to me, verse 12. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Every time, I'll pick on Greg, I'm picking on Greg today. Every time Greg gets up here and he starts talking about the gospel of grace and who we are in Jesus because of the finished work of the cross, I go, say it again. I'm never like, Greg, could you preach something? I'm like, say it again. Get it in me again. Remind me again because the circumstances and the things in my life are trying to battle against it and I, I need it to be said to me again. Yeah. Guys, we've got to remind one another. Truth sets us free. This is what happens in community. This is what happens when, when, when we get together. We're better together because we can help one another through. God didn't want us to stay. He wants us to break through scenarios, situations, circumstances. You need each other. Yeah, but what if people don't like me? Or what if this? Or what? Yeah, you know, that's part of community. Well, sometimes it hurts and it's hard. Yeah, that's part of community. That's the truth. But Jesus thought it was so important that he made a way for us to be close with God and with one another. Yeah, so maybe not everyone's going to like you. They don't like me. Not everyone likes me. I didn't like Jesus. That's why you gotta find your community. You gotta keep searching, don't give up because the precious jewel that community really is, is worth the hunt. It's worth the fight. All of that, it's worth it. Because God created us to need one another, to give to one another, and to receive from one another. Guys, if we all stood in an accident at a corner and we all gave a testimony. How many of you guys know we'd all be different? Well, who's right? Doesn't matter. This is from the angle I saw. This is from the angle I saw. I need other people to look at the same thing I'm facing and I'm like, yeah, this is where I die. 
and they come around and go in this way, and they go, <laughs> this is just like the one that was over here two weeks ago that the Lord killed. And this one last year, he mowed down, and that one over there, look at the mountains split, Tom. This little thing right here, that's going to be like all of those. And then I go, <laughs> and it runs off. Right? We're better together, guys. If I can implore you in anything, and I'm going to close with this fight for community. The enemy's going, bail on him, come on. Come over here where we can talk. Don't do it, don't get caught in distance. Jesus made a way so that you could be super close, the most holy place, super close with him and the Father, and so that you could experience community with one another. We need each other, guys. I I need you. I need my community around me. I need the people closest to me. It's too easy for the other things to get in the way. Would you pray with me? Jesus, at first, I just thank you so much. Our lives, apart from you, it's all we have to look forward to is distance. There's nothing we could do to get us close. But then you made a way. Your sacrifice made a way that we could enter into the most holy place not because of what I do or say, but because of your blood shed in your body. And so, Father, I pray that any distance between us and you would be gone in Jesus' name. The loving and awesome Father you are and draw near to you because of the confidence we have that Jesus did what he said he would do. And Lord, for for one another, and the opportunity better together. Lord, help us find our community. Lord, I I pray where there is um, issues, where there's frustrations towards one another, God, would you bring that to an end today? Community requires unity. I just ask that you would bring healing, that you'd bring restoration to broken relationships. And God, whatever the enemy has heaped up as a pile to say this isn't for you, Lord, we just pull that down right now in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that all that you have in store for us in the coming weeks, months, and years would be achieved. Help us to reach our full potential through community. Lord, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.